0: Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian
1: walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au See, let me say this. God is more concerned with those people that don't know him yet than those that do might be a bit of a shock for you here this morning. there might be a bit of a, really? Well, I'm going to prove that to you at the start of this message. It might be a bit disconcerting, but, but Luke 15 really shows that. There's a chapter there that there's three stories of lost things. Lost sheep, lost coin, lost son or the prodigal son. And, uh, and, and it's, they're fascinating stories of God's love and concern for those things that are lost. In the first story, Jesus talks about you know the shepherd having a hundred sheep, and uh, if one's lost, he would go out and to leave the ninety-nine and find the one. And when I first read that parable. I thought, I'm not sure about this. So why would he do that? You know, why would he risk leaving the ninety-nine just to go get the one? Doesn't make a lot of sense. Until I put it on my own in my own personal life, and I remember the time when we lost a child. And we're on holidays at Boomerang Beach. We used to go camping there every year. And we went into a shopping centre at Foster. Quite a like the shopping centre we didn't really know very well. There was four families. There was 12 kids. There was kids going every direction. And Rob and I were in buying groceries and thought all the kids were with us. But, you know, the kids sort of went between families. And uh, we did a head count and there was only three. And it's like, oh... Check with the other families to see if they'd had an extra one and they didn't and truthfully panic set in Um, finding our lost child was the only thing that was important right at that stage now at that point I didn't care that we had three other children still like 75 percent is a pretty good stat but I wasn't concerned about it I was going (laughs) no no hang on and and here's the other thing I, I thought about I didn't really care about the, the needs of the three kids that we still had, unless they were concerned with finding the one that we'd lost. And I think God thinks like that, you know. I, I think that's the way God thinks about this. Now, um, my main focus, our main focus, in the panic, in the, in the you know, the, well, what's going on, where, where is she, what, what's going on, was really focused on that one thing. Where is my lost child and uh and now we did find her of course you know because we have still got four kids so it wasn't a a percentage thing or anything like that but you know we got the 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 call over the the loudspeaker you know uh there's a little girl at the front counter here if mum and dad are in the shop you can come and get her and we went down and got her and it was all all good but it just got me thinking that's the way this parable is meant to be interpreted you know that that you lose one and that's the thing that's a concern. It's like when you lose your phone or your wallet. You don't care that you've got a chair or a lounge or a car. You're looking for the wallet or the phone, aren't you? You're not, you don't care that you've got all this other stuff. It's like if you lose 50 bucks. You don't care you've got 100 bucks in the bank. You lost 50 bucks. And uh, it's like that. You, the, the thing that we've lost is the thing of greatest concern. And as I said, I think God thinks about it this way. And I'm going to show you these, these scriptures you know, in, in the first one with the shepherd that, that found the, the lost sheep, Luke fifteen seven, it says this, I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. It's the same. <laughs> Playing with me up there. Um, the, the The party that the woman throws when she finds the one lost coin, she gets all the neighbours to come in, and, and, and basically, she's got that one coin she's found in, in Luke fifteen ten, It says, "In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then the party that the father throws uh, when the prodigal son comes home. And he, explain, he has to explain this to the older brother because the older brother's been there all the time. He's going, This isn't there. You're throwing a party. I've been here all the time. And now this, this kid comes home that spent all your money and blown it. And, and now he's come back. And the father goes, No, 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 you don't understand. He says, my son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And I think that's the way God, well, no, I don't think I know. That's the way God thinks about the lost things, the lost people of this world. They are really, really, really important to him. Therefore, they should be important to us as a consequence of that. You know, two weeks ago, we started this series, and we start with the scripture I'd like to just read again this morning. Matthew 4, verses 18-19. It says this, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And there's another version there fishers of people men and women you see jesus first message to his disciples to to be followers of jesus we will be fishers of men and I, and i and i i cast this question you know if we're not fishing for people are we really followers of christ you see it's it's the the mark of Jesus, he, he stamps that on his disciples from day one. I will make you fishers of men, of people. And, and then there's this last thing, and I only, I only wrote this down this morning. The last thing Jesus says on this earth before he ascends into heaven, it's out of Acts 1.8. And, uh, and you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, the power of the Holy Spirit is for us to be witnesses to our world. The power of the Holy Spirit is in us for that purpose and that purpose only. Yes, there can be miracles. Yes, there can be healing. Yes, we can pray for people. Yes, we can do all that stuff. But I'm just telling you, it is so clear in Scripture, the power of the Holy Spirit Indwells dwells in us so we can be witnesses to our world for the goodness of God. And, and I need you to hear this this morning because I just think we miss this sometimes. Sometimes we think the Holy Spirit is for me. It's for me to make me feel good. Get me little tingles up the back of my neck and, you know, ooh, feel good. The Holy Spirit is for to reach others, to reach out is to make a difference in this world, and and, and I'm praying you've been seeing this, this thing in, the, in this series, you know, the first week we looked at why and where we are as a church, and sharing how sharing our faith is actually our lowest uh, quality as a church through that NCLS survey, and uh, last week um, Matt Blake did a fantastic job unpacking the the biblical understanding the theology of that a little more and this week we're going to get really practical we're going to get really practical on the how how do we fish how do we reach out you see the disciple Peter was one of the fishermen that Jesus spoke to in, in Matthew 4 about being a fisher of men and he wrote this in 1 Peter 2 verse 9 to 10 this is our message version But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be holy people. God's instruments do His work and speak out for Him to tell others of the night and day difference He made for you. From nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. You see, after Peter went all through what he went through, three years with Jesus, denying Jesus three times, the crucifixion, the resurrection the filling of the 120 of them in the upper room by the Holy Spirit, the day on the day of Pentecost, the birthing and the establishment of the early church. Peter was central to every part of that. He, he He's sharing this message not to the church, to a building. He's not sharing it to an organization. He's sharing it to you and to me, the chosen ones, the chosen ones. So he says, you are the ones chosen by God, chosen to be a holy people. Yes, but chosen to do His work on earth, to speak out for Him, to tell others the good news of Jesus Christ and the difference He made in your life. You see, reaching out, evangelism, is not knowing everything there is to know in the Bible. We don't need to be experts in the Bible. We don't need to have a strong theology even sometimes we just need to know that what jesus has done in us and then share out of that the good news to be witnesses in this world to 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 share out of that thing that he has already done for us you know um i thought about this i don't know about you but i've had some interesting conversations with people over the years you know did Did God really create the world did did is the way did he do it in seven days and and I don't get caught up in that stuff I don't really care what you believe about that truly I actually don't um I don't care if you can't work out how Noah got all those animals on the boat I don't really care you know I don't really care if you can't work out well how Jonah survive in the, the whale's, you know, the fish's gut for for three days. You know, h- how does that work? I don't know, and I don't care. All I know is what Jesus has done in my heart. All I know is what the difference it's made in me, and that's what we've got to share out of. As soon as we're caught up in this... Uh, See, so you can't argue anyone into the kingdom of God. You, you know, you, you can't even... Uh, uh, tell them about things in the Bible that will make them believe. We can't scare them into it, you know? We've got to love them into the kingdom of God. God looks like Jesus, and Jesus always loves people into the kingdom. And do you know what is really loving? See, it's not warning people if they don't believe in Jesus, they'll go to hell. It's the truth. It's actually the truth, and we know that, but I'm telling you, it's, that's not very loving as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't draw anyone to God or his kingdom. What is really loving is living in such a way that people notice a difference in our lives, that, that people see our joy, our grace, our generosity, our patience in trials. They never sense judgment coming from us, but only acceptance and love and forgiveness. And give, if we're given the opportunity, yes, we use the words to invite people to follow Jesus with us, not tell them to do it, and experience the true peace and the contentment and the joy that comes from living in such a way. That's loving. And best of all, it's true. It's true. You see, the, the, I've got just three points here this morning. The first and the most important revelation of us as we share with others is that God loves us. God loves us. And... uh Everything else just flows on from there. As a consequence of that, we need to share the hope we have. That's the first point here this morning. Share the hope we have. Share the hope we have in Jesus Christ. Share all these benefits. Share his love for each and every one of us. For God so loved the world. So loved the world. And see, it's about how we share our story. We share a testimony. We share as witnesses of what Jesus has done. And we share about why we have this hope. You know, 1 Peter, again, chapter 3, verses 15, 16, it says this, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope, the reason for the hope you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. See, that's what we're asked to do by God. That's how we do it. And when we rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, talked about there in Acts 1.8, the power of the Holy Spirit, as we lean into God, as we share the hope we have, you know there's just three things i thought of that as we share the hope we have as we share our stories we share our testimony just three parts to it the first might be how i recognized i needed christ how i recognized i needed christ um explain the place you were before you accepted jesus you know and to demonstrate we didn't always believe in or follow christ you see for me that was absolutely the case the problem for most of us is (laughs) we don't know we need christ until we need Christ. We don't know we need Christ until we need Christ. And, <laughs> I mean, before I knew I needed him, I thought my f- life was fan- fantastic, was fine, it was, it was, it was okay. I, di- I didn't need that. In fact, all my experience at that, up to that point um, led me to believe that I didn't really want to go to church I didn't really want to know Christians. In fact, I didn't even like Christians. I didn't want to be one. That was probably the hardest in this process of like, yeah, but I don't really like Christians. I don't really like hanging with them, you know, and, 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 and it's just such a mindset that I had to get over, I guess. <laughs> but only when I recognised how, how I wasn't sure whether I could handle a terminal illness illness that my friend was experienced all those years ago, and how he responded out of his relationship to God with faith and hope and peace. Did I even want to consider that maybe I didn't know it all, that I didn't have it all together? You see, one Corinthians one eighteen says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. And two Corinthians three sixteen, But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. You see, there's a veil that stops the world, unchurched, not Christians seeing the truth of the gospel. There's this veil that's in place. Verses 17 18. I don't think I've got a screen to this. But now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed that that Greek word metamorphosis is like the, the butterflies that comes out of the cocoon into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the lord who is spirit and then it goes on 2 Corinthians 4 therefore since through god's mercy we have this ministry do not lose heart what ministry is he talking about he's talking about the ministry of reconciliation we have been reconciled to christ and because of that We receive God's salvation for our lives. And we need to reach out to those that don't know Christ to extend that ministry of reconciliation to others around us. It goes on in verse 2, Rather, we have renounced sin in shameful, shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, setting it plainly, so we don't have to know all the answers not have to know it all share the hope we have in christ and it goes on and talks about the god of this age and and i don't know about you but it seems like the god of this age satan the enemy's having more and more influence in the world you know and 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 we seem to be pulling back from that and i know it's the way that the, our culture set it up and uh, uh and it's hard to have a sometimes a conversation with feel like there's condemnation in that thought you know but but if you look at it, you know, so many unbelievers' ideas and opinions and goals and hopes and views are based on, I believe, what Satan is is sowing into their thoughts and their ideas. You know, there's so many false religions and, and, and so many, you know, and, we, and we're obviously coming into this season where we're, we're going to uh, vote... On same-sex marriage, and there's that plebiscite, the postal plebiscite going around. So, actually, can I just pause for a second? Make sure you're um, registered for the postal votes, so that you will get those those things. You know, the the other thing we can start to do is is start to pray. We can start to pray. You know, we we need to be uh, being proactive, uh, d- offensive in this. Not offensive so much, but but be offensive in, in the process of, of really taking this on because, you know, from, from all I'm, I'm hearing, from the, all the, the surveys they're doing at the moment, it's about a 50-50 split, yeah? About 50 pe- people, 50% of people think yes, 50% of people think no. So we need to make sure we're taking a stance in this and going, you know what? God's Word got nothing against those people, but God's Word said it's man and woman. You know, and if we're Christians, we can't have any other stance on that. You know, if we believe Jesus is who he is, if we believe then that this is God's word, there can be no other stance on this. And, and it's not saying, it's not, we still love people. You know, I've had friends who are homosexuals. They're, they're good people. In fact, many of them I've talked to don't even want to be married. They don't even want that, that thing. 'Cause they know it represents the Christian thought on it, you know, and, and they don't want that. And so it's interesting, there's so much um uh, focus on this just at this stage, and I reckon it's Satan behind the whole thing. It's the God of this age, you know? And, and and I'll love them, but you know what, I just don't think it's what God's Word says. Anyway, I've got off track now, but uh that's the thing. We need to make sure we explain how I realized I needed Christ in that process, you know. The second thing then is how I committed my life to Christ, what that looked like, what that was about. Tell people how you came to the point of decision, and then tell them the difference it made in your life. What changed as you followed Christ? What was different? That's the third thing, the difference it's made in your life. How is your life different as a consequence of asking Jesus into your heart? You know, it was never meant to be a cure all for every ill of the world, you know, or all the problems. It was never meant to uh, work out every issue in the world. But now we can meet those same problems and issues with a new confidence that God's in control. He loves me. He wants the best for me. God works all things for the good of those that love me and called according to his purpose. And. And see, we need to share the hope we have in Christ. You know, Lynn Hay, who passed away earlier this year, battled that, that horrible disease, cancer, for so long. And she said this often. I don't know how people can face cancer without knowing the hope we have in Christ. And it's true. It's true. Because the other option's hopeless. It is hopeless. Someone who's got a terminal disease... They've got no hope at all, anywhere. In Christ, we have a hope. And I want to re-emphasize this just before I move on. The hope we have is based in the fact that God loves me. God loves us. He loves you and me. He loves the world. He sent his son, Jesus, to this earth to die for the world. He loves it with everything he has. There's nothing we can do to make God love us more. And don't miss the opportunity to speak those simple words into people's hearts and minds and and souls and spirits. God loves you. Because they may never have heard that ever before. No one may never have said that before. They've never experienced God. They've never experienced someone who loves them that way. And so sometimes we just have to say, God loves you. And we know the God's placed eternity in the hearts of men. You know that's out of Ecclesiastes. He, he's placed eternity in the hearts of men. There is a God-shaped hole in each one of us that only God's love can fill. No amount of uh, no amount of money or success or toys or houses or boats or or anything else can fill that hole. Only God can, and we know just some sometimes just simple words like. God loves you, can open up a whole conversation because we know that everyone knows there's more. There's more than we're currently experiencing. That's the first one, share the hope. Next one, might be a bit contentious, but share my church, share my church. You know, the church is God's plan A. And guess what? He hasn't got a plan B. The church is it. And sometimes we get a bit fragile about talking about church and asking people to church and all that sort of stuff. Why? Why? The church is God's plan. It's the way is reaching mankind. It's the hope of the world. I believe that. And I believe we have a mission here as a church. And Here's something that will reinforce what I said when I opened this message. The church isn't here for us. We're already saved. The church is here for those that don't know him. Why wouldn't we asking people that don't know Christ to church? That's what we're designed to do. It's what we're here for. You know, when we started planning to plant this church 15 years ago, we wrote a letter to, to all the senior pastors and ministers in the area, and uh, they were planning to church, you know, we're going to plan to plant a church here. And we'd love to meet with them, went along to the Minister's Association, all those sorts of things. Didn't get much be- feedback from them at, at the time. But at the same time, we were, asked to be, we were interviewed by the Port Stephens Examiner. There was a half-page article with our photo, and, and we did a letterbox drop of 15,000 homes in the region. And I remember getting some really interesting letters and emails from people, Christians. And, uh, and one that stuck in my mind specifically was this and I'm pretty sure these are exactly the words, you shouldn't start a church here because there's not enough Christians to go around the existing churches. Isn't that the point? Isn't that the point? We're not here to draw other Christians to this church. We are here to reach out to those that don't know Christ currently. You see... Churches and Christians can get so small-minded and so inward-looking and so consumed with the stuff of yeah. But if you open another church, you know, it'll make us smaller. And you go, no, it won't. It'll actually make you bigger. Get your eyes outwards. We need to be a church that constantly considers people that aren't, don't know Jesus, and how we can reach them. You know, our mission statement reinforces that and it says this to reach and positively influence our communion world by building a significant church that loves God loves people and loves life and you know and and the next thing we do is our values you know it's represented by this word glimpse and and, you know and and you can read all those things up there you want to click through things and we do all those things and it's, it's lovely but you know what evangelize, reach and positively influence our community and our world. You know, we, we need to make sure we're doing that, church. You know, and all those other things don't matter. I was going to swear then. I didn't. I don't know what other word to use now. It's stuck in my head. But um, it doesn't matter if we, only, if we don't do the bottom one because we'll just die. We'll all be happy and clappy and, and comfortable with each other. But it's not the purpose we're here for. <laughs> we're meant to reach out to our world, to our community, our world. And there's just, look, a few years ago, we tried to simplify everything because things seemed to got so complicated. And we, we worked out the bridge thing. So just come have a look at that? Thanks. Next slide. How's the church a bridge to God's kingdom? How is it? It's to love God, love people, and love life. We have to love them into the kingdom of God. And, and there's some components in that that we say, yes, we've got a great worship services. We, we build our intimacy with God, community with others in, in church through life groups. And, and the loving life part is serving others and reaching the lost. And unless we're doing that, guess what? The bridges are completed. There's a breakage. We don't actually reach our community to the kingdom of God. And we need to make sure we do that. You see, Jesus says in Luke 14, 23, go out to the roads and the country lanes and urge anyone you find to come in so that my house will be full. He wants us to go out and find those people. He does. He wants us to be proactive and intentional and and, and excited and passionate and full of zeal to, to say, you know what? God loves you. And I know you'll get some weird looks. Come to my church. Let, let me take you to my church. There's great people there. There's friendly people there. We have great coffee. You know, there's a kids program. We have great music. If you like music, come along. We have great music. Hmm. Pray for them. Pray for them. You know, in this month we've got so many events coming up, and Lois did a great job explaining all those. You know, we've got um, the kids program. Just uh, so the kids teams taking over the church service next week. Bring some families, kids. It'll blow out their perceptions of church completely next week. You know, music and moves, Father's Day breakfast. You know, we we just put on a breakfast, and and it gives an opportunity to reach those dads that are connected there. There's 50 or 60 families connected to that thing, you know. And we as a church can reach out to them and say, hey, we're okay. We haven't got two heads. We're not, you know, it's okay. We're we're all right, you know. And and who knows what that can go. You know, the Father's Day... uh, Sunday, I think it's the third of September, we've got all sorts of things planned for that day. Bring your dad's or bring somebody's dad. you know <laughs> Find someone's dad somewhere and bring him along. And the Sunday night that the, "The Shack" is just a brilliant movie. It is a block, blockbuster-type movie, um, but it, it actually is an amazing opportunity for discussion and prayer. And can I say this to you very bluntly? I don't want you to ask your Christian friends. All right? I don't want you to ask your Christian friends. They already got the deal, okay? Um, let's bring people that don't know Christ to this event. You know, it'll open up uh, conversations and opportunities to pray for them in a way that you maybe don't understand if you haven't seen the movie. If you read the book, the book was fantastic, but there's so many layers of the book that sort of got a bit lost in it whereas the movie has to be really succinct and specific on the way it deals with it. I just think it is a great, great movie for the unchurched. It talks about things like, you know, where is God in our tragedy? You know, there's themes of pain and forgiveness and trusting God and why does God allow bad things to happen to good people and blaming God and healing and repairing relationships, among others. And we'll be doing a series as a consequence at the four or five weeks after that. Um, so it's a great opportunity to back that up as well. But bring people to the to the film. That's on that that's Sunday night, the tenth of September. Pray, pray for for them. Pray with them if you can. Next thing I thought is show them we care. You know they don't know, they don't want to know how much we know until they know how much we care for them, and and show them we care. You know Luke is a great template for this. Jesus sent out the seventy two two by two. And uh basically he tells them, you know, the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. He says, Don't take anything with you, no purse or bag or sandals. And basically he says, just use what you have, what you got, just go. And uh trusting God. And it talks about when he goes when you go into a house, he's telling this to his disciples, okay? So this is the seventy two he's seventy two he's sending out. And he says, When you go in that house, peace be on this house. It bless them, bless them. You know. Serve them. Talks about our worker deserves his wages. Serve them. Do whatever you can around the place. Help them out. You know, um, pray for them. You know, if there's healing needed or if there's a, a situation needed, pray for them. And then you earn the right to share the gospel with them. Then you earn the right to share the gospel with them. And I think that's a great template we can use for our reaching out when we're going out. Next thing is invite them to join you at a service, not just invite them to church, turn up whenever you want, and say, I'll, I'll meet you there on Sunday morning, or I'll meet you there on Sunday night, Sunday afternoon. I'll pick you up before the service. How about i I whiz around and pick you up on the way there? So, so, because we forget how scary it is for people when they come to church the first time. I don't know if there's anyone here, but, but if this is your first time here this morning, it is really scary to go to a church. You don't know anything about what's going to happen. You don't know what it's going to be like. And, and you don't know where to go often. And, and it's a really scary deal. And so by somebody taking someone to church, it takes a lot of the angst out of it. Not only just ask them, do something about it, bring them or, or meet them out the front door. I remember when we were living at Fisherman's Bay, a young couple was moving in across the road from us. And he was a uh, fighter jet pilot, um, an exchange from the States, here for three years in Australia with his wife. And we eventually found out that she was pregnant, and uh, which I'll tell you about in a second. But I remember helping them move in. We didn't even know them, but we helped them move in. They were struggling with something, a wardrobe or something. I went over and said, oh, you need a hand? He said, oh, no, no, I'm right. And he said, no, you're not. I'll give you a hand. And uh, they asked us to their housewarming uh, thing that they had. And, and I realised they didn't really know anyone from the bay. All the people they knew were from Newcastle and further afield. And, and they didn't really have very many contacts. And as I was praying about it, I, I really felt God sort of um impressed on me that that, you know, that they're unconnected, they're lonely, that they need people around them. And we got to know them quite well. Um, and I remember seeing Ellen outside this one day and, and as I said, I felt like God gave me that strategy. So I went and talked to her and said, Okay, you know, how you going? Are you enjoying living here? And yeah, yeah, good I said, have you you know, you gonna have the baby here, are your parents gonna come out? And and talked about that. Asked if she knew many people with kids in the bay, with babies. She said, no, I don't. And uh, I said, look, if you're interested, we have a, a heap of young mums and babies at our church that we go to, and uh, maybe you'd like to, me to introduce you to some of those in the process. And uh, uh, and she wasn't negative and didn't jump at the off- opportunity either. But uh, and sometimes it's a bit difficult as a senior guy, because I'm inviting people to, and then they come in and I'm preaching. So you can't sort of go, oh, we've got a great preacher too, you know, because it's a little bit conceited. So, uh, uh, but, you know, it, 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 anyway, talked to Robin, told her I'd had that conversation. She, she had an opportunity to speak to her as well. And eventually they agreed and they turned up and we met them here. And uh, they stayed for the next two or three years until they got transferred back to the States. Now, why do you think she agreed to come to church? It was for the social connections. It was for the support with their baby. They weren't against the idea of church, but probably wouldn't have come by themselves. And, and God did great things in them. You know, they, they did our, our marriage course with us. They, they were water baptized. You know, there was just some great things happened as a consequence of one little God idea and being brave enough to actually start to speak it out. You know, because it's, idea, it's one thing to get an idea, it's actually another thing to do something about, to step into it, to start to to be brave in that place. And yes, you may not get good results every time. You may not get good responses back from people. But we've got to do it. We've got to invite them to join us at a service. The third thing in this process is share Christ. Share Christ. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Adele um, Sunday a week ago after the service. She said, oh, something just happened really Recently to to me, and I thought, "Wow, this is great!" So I texted yesterday afternoon and said, "You ready for this? You know, you, to bring that tomorrow?" And she said, "Really?" So come on, Adele, come and share that with us this morning. So, and we'll just about finish with that. So,
0: hello. Um, beginning of this year, um, I was at a PD day for school. I'm a science technician at school and the PD day was on chemical safety in schools yay not the kind of day you'd expect anything amazing to happen but I was meeting a friend of mine there who's a Christian and she'd been away from God for a while and she had emailed me and said I really want to tell you God's just spoken to me and uh, there's some really exciting things happened. I can't wait to tell you I'm like I can't wait to hear about this so she was going to the PD day as well um and we got there, had to go through chemical safety in school, had to wait for lunchtime, said we'll meet, we'll meet on that bench outside under the tree in the sun. And so we went down there and there was a lady following behind us and we were kind of glancing and she followed us all the way and sat down with the, at the bench and we were sort of making small talk and Barbara and I couldn't wait. I'm like, no, I've got to know what happened, so tell me about it. So we just started talking about... God and she was she told me how God had sort of almost appeared to her and was having conversations with her and I just responded with yeah I love it when God does that I go for walks on the beach and I talk to him and he talks back to me it's so good and I I hadn't noticed this lady but she was she was standing under the tree nearby and she was actually leaning in and then she, she came over and said I've never heard anyone actually speak about God like that. Can you actually have conversations with him? And we said, well, yeah. And then we, Barbara said, well, um, God's all around us and he's He's actually here now. Have you ever asked him into your life? And she said, well, no, actually. We said, well, do you want to? Well, yes, actually. So we sat down and I grabbed her hands and we she answered the prayer and we went back to chemical safety and had a great afternoon. So it was just very
1: simple and natural conversation isn't that great so good let me uh, finish there's a little bit more I was going to cover this morning but God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son and whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life Jesus says, i come that you may have life and have it to the full. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10 says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Revelations 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him. Salvation is in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, this morning, can we stand to our feet as we finish the service? as the rain's starting to pour down outside I really have a sense of the Holy Spirit wants to pour into you this morning can I say this to you the power of God the power of the Holy Spirit is to empower you to be witnesses to our world And I don't know how you go in this area. I just know it's what we need to do. And and can I ask you this morning, if, if you're comfortable with this, I would love, as the band comes, for us to pray a prayer that invites the power of the Holy Spirit into each and every one of us. Now, for me, When I surrender to God, I usually put my hands in the air. Now, if you can't do that this morning, that's okay. But if you're comfortable with that this morning, can I ask you just to lift your hands here for a minute, just as we pray here this morning. Just as we pray here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus Christ, we declare your authority, your anointing, your confidence, to operate in us and through us God. Father we ask right now in the name of Jesus Christ we ask the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon us to come upon each one of us to fill us afresh in the name of Jesus Christ to be the witnesses in this place, to go out into this world, to reach those people that need to know the name of Jesus is Lord and Saviour of our lives. For them to recognise that you are love God you are love that you love us, you love us as children. And and God, there's no greater privilege or joy knowing that, Father. Holy Spirit, we ask you to do what only you can do in us, God. Get us bold. Let the testimonies of our mouths come forth. Let us tell our stories. Let us share Christ. Let us share the church. Let us share our, 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 our hope we have in the name of Jesus Christ. Let us be that church on this earth, God. Let us be your hands and your feet in this place. And we declare that all in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, come on, let's put our hands together this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to the message
0: today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian life. Please tune in again for next week's message.